Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Had I not been responsible, I definitely would not be here teaching this course. So I really hope that you guys take this seriously and just be really credit responsible, but don't be scared of credit because you need it to grow in this country. Man, right? Mr. Sean, and I couldn't agree more because I was really, um, I was really scared of credit um, early on. And I wish I would have just, you know, had some of these lessons then. Because now my credit would have been. Right. But so it's if you guys have it ahead of all of me and I give up everything for it is you guys have time to, you know, whatever situation you're in now, you know, good or bad, you have time to, to get it right. You have time to, you know, don't let life's challenges at 18 you get you down in general, make you feel bad because you have a lot of time to fix whatever situations you need to fix. And I don't really care what that situation is. You have the t- time to do it now and to be responsible moving forward you can't change what you did in the past but you can change what you can do moving forward right and i'm always self-correcting myself so we all it's all you know part of life um this meeting helped me learn how to use my ideas better and how i spend my money also learned that paying bills will boost up your credit very good um ronald couldn't said it better you said all the right things not to shy away, um, Joseph said, not to shy away and be intimidated from owning a credit card and how not to fall in the traps they set for you. You know, it's, it's, it's sad that we all have to come from the same school of thought, like being nervous about owning a credit card. When, you know, the wealthy don't even think about, they grew up with the wealth mindset and understanding credit. So I, I just wanted you guys to break that fear factor of owning a credit card. And, you know, hopefully this program helped you do that. You know, look at Ramon and Trey and myself and Mr. 850, the stories that we were sharing with you, because we're not scared anymore. You know, we're going to jump in that cold water off 10 feet high cliff and go right into credit. I can't do that, by the way. <laughs> I'm still, <laughs> but you understand my point. Uh, had a bad experience with Credit One. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you guys talking about Credit One. Okay. I think we're ready to start the class now. All right, so welcome, everyone. This is our final class. I think it's been a great ride. I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, thank you all for participating and being actively involved. I think this is the most participation we've had in all the time we've taught this course. So I really appreciate it. it shows what we're doing is working. So thank you guys for that. So let's go out with a bang. Let's get to slide number three, Ramon. 
Okay, I just want to recap. I know we talked about this before, but just to reiterate, and you know, this is just a nice little segue into the four-week financial investment class we're going to be doing, where we're going to go through all these different investment types of investments in more detail. We're going to talk about buying stock, selling stock. We're going to set up a synopsis where you're going to be buying stock, and we're going to see you know, how to really invest. So just to give you an idea, we're not going to go too deep into this. Um, there's different types of investment accounts and consider them like umbrellas when it comes to investing. Like these are umbrellas that hold your investment. So it's just an individual retirement account and an individual retirement account is you self-employed uh, setting up a retirement account for yourself. 401k plan, 401k plan is your business opening up a retirement plan for you. It basically what these two accounts are in a nutshell and if you don't get it now, you will get it when we do the um, the deep dive program for four weeks. They're what I like to call as tax shelters, where really they're just um, allow you not to pay taxes currently and prolonging it so that when you retire at the age of 59 and a half or 65, the theory is you're going to be in a lower income bracket and you're going to be paying less taxes when you withdraw the money. So these are more like tax shelters and ta- ways to withholding paying taxes. All right. Um, brokerage accounts, we're going to talk about that. That's where you're going to buy your cryptocurrency. You're going to buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You need to set up a brokerage account. So enable you to do that. We're going to talk about that as well. Um, and then 529 plans is, is plans set up to help um, pay your college tuition. And once again, these are tax deferred programs as well, similar to a retirement plan where you're not repaying any taxes on the money earned or the t- money that you contribute until you go to college. All right. Um, we're going to get involved, like I said, in the forward deep dive of things that are less risky to riskiest. Obviously, the least riskiest give you the least returns. So like a cash and money market account, savings accounts, they're pretty much guaranteed interest. But, you know, now you're getting pennies on the thousands of dollars. So, yes, your money's good, but it's not going to grow. And I always say you have to change your mind from savings to investing. Savings should be leading to investings. Um, Money market CDs are going to give you a little bit better interest rate, but in this time and age, not that great, maybe 1%, never 2%, maybe even less than 1%. So meaning for every $100, they're going to get, bank's going to give you a good old dollar, sometimes 99 cents, sometimes 50 cents, depending on where you put it. Government bonds, that's where you're basically lending money to the government to take on certain projects. Like when you see highways being developed, developed roads being developed, some of those monies are paid by people that are investing in government initiatives and governments issue bonds to you for giving the government money to invest in. And then they give you a rate of return. So it's like, you are almost like the bank lending the government money and they call it a bond. Okay. Non-government fixed income bonds are, you can do it for companies as well, where the company A says, okay, lend us a thousand dollars. We're going to pay you 3% interest on that loan. And they're required to pay you that amount but there's still risk. It's not guaranteed if that company goes under, you may not get your money. And so the government standard employers and Moody's is what they're rating companies where they kind of give you an insight to how well these companies are performing, how well they're good at paying back debt. So you can get a triple A rated bond. What that would mean is that this company has excellent credit, right? They have excellent credit, There's a strong likelihood that you're going to get your money. They're going to give you what they promise as far as interest rate. So, but companies that are the catch 22 companies that are rated triple a, do you think they're paying out a high interest rate to people they're lending money to or low interest rate? Anybody can answer that. 
Can anybody answer that? Do you think a AAA company is going to pay you a high interest or a low interest? Let me call out a name. Brianna. Brianna, what do you think? We have a, there are also a couple of people in the chat as well. I'm not sure. Low. Okay. Okay. Ralph, you said low. Angie said hi. They're going to pay. So, Ralph, why do you say low? Well, reasons why I said low is because I can remember when I was investing in stocks mm-hmm. that the most, the most like companies or um, stocks that would be going under would like give this big yield and big, um, Absolutely. That's a nice word to use, yield, exactly, which is interest rate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great word. Yep. Because they are in the decatter, like I call it desperation. So you're absolutely right, Ralph. If you are a AAA rated bond, chances are everybody's going to want to lend you money and you don't have to pay in a high interest rate out to get money. But if you are junk bond status, you hear the term junk bond, that means you are, and they, ratings go from AAA, AA, single A, triple B, single B, triple C double C right down to junk bond. And I think, and junk bond means that they don't have great credit, but because they know they don't have great credit, just like us on the other hand, if we don't have great credit, we're going to pay a high interest rate. They're going to pay at a high interest rate to hopefully attract you to lend them money. But there's a, there could be a stronger chance that they're not going to pay you back. So some people love the junk bond market because for every, they, they play the numbers game. They know that if invest in 10 junk bonds, maybe, three will fail, but the other seven will make up for the three that failed, right? So there's people that are, you know, this is what they do all day, do buy and invest into junk bonds and, you know, hope for the best. Um, so the next thing is mutual funds now and ETFs. Now I'm a fan of mutual funds myself. I'm not trying to lead you in any direction because mutual funds is really a group of professionals that look at various stocks, bonds, different types of assets, and put them all together into one fund, accumulate them all and say, okay, you know, look at Dramon, Nigel, Trey, myself, and Jeff as an individual company. Instead of saying, I'm going to invest all my money with Trey or invest all my money with Nigel, a mutual fund says, I'm going to, Ramon, I didn't put you in there yet. I don't know you flexing, but you ain't in there yet. You're coming in there right now. <laughs> so uh, a bond uh, and a mutual fund would be like, okay, I'm going to invest 25% with Ramon. And I'm going to invest 10% with Nigel, 15% with Trey, 5% with Sean, and 10% with Mr. 850. And then it's going to look at the rate of return with all of those investments clinged together. So you're spreading out the risk. And these people, these, they're, they're called fund managers. This is all they do. They buy and they sell and they buy. If Trey's not performing well, they drop Trey. They kick him out of the crew. And they may pick up more of Ramon's stock. Or maybe they say, you know what, let's hang on to Trey and get rid of Ramon. But they're always mixing, they're adding things in and out. But some of them will be like, okay, we're only buying in tech sector. We're only going to buy in the S&P. There may be different types of stocks or bonds that they're buying, and you'll know. And then you can look historically how well have they produced in the last five years. So when you look at different investment things, you don't want to look at, you got to understand it's all historically, meaning that this is how they did five years. It doesn't mean that that's how well they're going to perform moving forward. But I like mutual funds or ETS because it's really professionals looking, professionals picking, and then reducing the risk rather than me trying to pick out winning stocks. And when we do the simulation in the four week, it's going to be amazing when you see the results so versus people that are just cherry picking versus some people that are going in and trying to figure out the best mix. 
um, and see how well people perform. They say that, you know, they gave a professional set of traders to pick stocks and they let a monkey just randomly, just wherever he put his hand and they bought those stocks. And they say the monkey outperformed the traders. That's how random and difficult stock picking is, okay? So it is not something easy to do, hence why I like letting the professionals handle it. Another investment, which I love, I talk about all the time, is real estate. Um, basically, you know, real estate is, to me, is an asset that I can feel and touch. You know, you can buy it at price, you can buy it for a price point one, and you hopefully down the road, it'll appreciate in value and you're able to sell it at price two, um, which is why I love real estate. And then you can, during that such time, you can generate um, monthly income. If you have tenants, there's just a lot of things you can do with, with Ivy League, with real estate to give me just a little more control. Um, individual equities, we just mentioned that's buying, handpicking, cherry picking, buying your own stocks, doing your own cryptocurrency and that, well, not cryptocurrency, but we're going to get to that, buying stocks mostly. Um, alternatives, private equity, hedge funds, startups. These are another form of investment where people just invest in companies. You know, hedge funds are just looking to take over, buy companies, just looking for opportunities. This is, you know, to me, I don't recommend anybody your age to be going in that direction. But if you want to go in it as you get older, it's something that it's very lucrative if you know what you're doing. Um, cryptocurrency is, you know, is a new thing. To me, it's very risky. Cryptocurrency is, you know, basically currency, new currency, electronic currency that people are buying and now holding as an investment versus the, you know, the main, the thought of when cryptocurrency came out, Bitcoin came out, the primary um, the primary thing with it was that they were using it. They were supposed to take over people using actual money. But I think it's become so popular now that Bitcoin is something you just trade on. Nobody, I've never yet to seen somebody buy something with Bitcoin in a store or at a bar. But that was, that was the premise of it to replace money. But I don't know if it's done that to date. Um, and the last thing we put it in red, it's called Ponzi schemes. Okay. And, you know, I have been exposed to it you probably will be exposed in your life where somebody is telling you something that is almost too good to be true. And they'll kind of tell you, they know the market. They're, they're going to promise you, guarantee you a certain high return. We're going to double your money in a week. We're going to give you 50% returns in two weeks and these ridiculous numbers. And they have the greatest story alive that the market sucks. We're, while, we're, while they're trading during the day, we're trading at night. We've seen what's going on. What's, do you know what's happening with soya beans in Africa? Do you know what's happening with ducktails in Malaysia? You know, when you know a Ponzi scheme, the flags are coming up to you. When they're talking about something, you don't know what the hell they're talking about, but they seem very persistent and telling you everything that's wrong with the system versus they figured out everything that's right with the system and they know what to do and they found an angle. Okay. Those are the things that you need to run scared and run hard. And really, you know, my question always being, okay, show me five years of positive return. Let me speak to somebody that's retired from your plan, including yourself. And sometimes the people that got to come to a Ponzi scheme sometimes are not are being schemed themselves. And they don't even know it. And but you'll trust that person. Like for example, if if Ramon or Trey came up to me like, "Yo, I got this great investment idea," and they're passionate about it, and it, and I know it's a Ponzi scheme, but they may not believe it's a Ponzi scheme because they've been convinced by their mother maybe or their father, and they were like. No, my pops knows this stuff. Like he knows the guy that's doing it. Sean, you know what you're talking about. This is not a Ponzi scheme, but they can't explain it better than you. They can't explain it to you. 
sometimes you got to understand that this person is a victim as well. And most people that get got is because they're hearing it from a victim and somebody that they trust. All right. But just know most people that do this have not had success or I mean, it's been a very short term success. If they have five years of consistent returns and you can understand what they're talking about, then maybe you should look into it. But most times it's, it's more like a Ponzi scheme that they don't even realize that they're involved in. So be wary of that. Okay. Slow, steady growth. Question, Sean. Is that yes. like a pyramid scheme? Pyramid. So yes, yeah, so I'm <laughs> saying pyramid and positive. Same thing. Same thing. Does those be going <laughs> around? Those pyramids? Exactly. <laughs> yep. I, I read there was a really famous one um, back in, uh, I won't date myself and say when exactly, but uh, once me and some of my friends were really, you know, just getting exposed to the world of um, financial opportunities or, or just jobs in general. Um, it was called Wake Up Now. Um, and it was something that <laughs> I see Trey laughing. It was something that like it spread like wildfire. Um, once once um I, I was notified about it or once I heard about it for the first time, it seemed like I was seeing it in every single corner of my <laughs> of my friend group of my universe. Um, and then slowly but surely, I don't even want to say slowly, actually pretty abruptly, you kind of just didn't hear anything else about it. Um, so I just wanted to, to really just echo what you've been saying, Sean, where they come and go, they, they seem like they're experts, um, for maybe a six month or maybe even three months stint of time. And then you don't hear anything about them. <laughs> you don't hear and, them. Right. Yeah. And this is a misconception. People think that when somebody's come at them with a pyramid scheme or Ponzi, they're going to tell you it's a pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme. No, they're not. It's going to be like something camouflage, some pro there's some type of investment scheme. It's it, nobody ever says this is a pyramid. So don't expect somebody mm-hmm. to tell you that, that it's a pyramid. You have to be on the aware that there's nothing investment where you can put a thousand dollars into where they're not providing no service, no product, and then double your money. I know Trey's laughing, but we all get caught up in the conversation. Okay. Like for example, I listed my dining room table yesterday on Facebook market. And the lady was like, you know, she's gonna. It's 575. I listed She's like, can I do 550? I said, okay. She's going to send me a Zelle payment. I said, okay. I gave her my phone number. First red flag. Oh, I can't use your phone number for Zelle. Can you give me your email address? Red flag number two. Okay. You want my email address? Okay. Why? I've never heard nobody can't take a phone number for Zelle. So I get this email. It goes into my junk mail. Red flag number three. The email says in order to activate my business account, I need to Zelle $150 so they can Zelle me back the $700 red flag number four you should never have to send somebody money for somebody to send you back money okay that's a scheme that's a scam and we get caught up in the moment all right so just keep your hat on and only invest what you can afford to lose i don't care how sweet it is i don't care if i call you and say i have the sweetest investment give me all your money only invest what you can afford to lose all right that's such a great example, Mr. Sean. Um, Angie, I also want you to share because I see you have your hand up. But I wanted to share as well, just y'all, these schemes have been around for decades, maybe even centuries. I want to say people have been scamming people since the beginning of time. However, they always look different. So for y'all generation specifically, I spend a lot of time on social media. Um, so please watch out for these um, social media uh, scams or, or, or Ponzi schemes, especially too. Uh, when they involve you sending somebody money, 
first or your personal information. I have not seen those two hundred to two thousand dollar cash app teams <laughs> work for anybody. Straight up. Right. Um. Also, too, be um be cautious of people that want to use your uh your your let's call them digital payment systems. So like your cash app, like your Venmo, or things like that, because you might be in a situation where you gain some money in the short term, but will lose money in the long term because of illicit acts. Do not give um, out your personal information first. Do not send money to get money, okay? And do not accept cashier's checks or we're going to send you a check. Like Some people like to say, okay, we're going to pay you $1,000 for a book. We're going to send you a $1,200 check and can you send us back $200 in return when you get the check, okay? Nobody in this time needs to send you a check to make a payment for anything and you do not need to send money. Do not send money to get money, okay? If you follow that rule, you won't get got. I don't care if you gave you a check and a check deposit your account and it cleared. It may clear today and look cleared, but by next week, that check is going to bounce and you'll be left with the bag. Okay, so I know Angie wanted to share something. Please, Angie, share. Hello? Yes. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yep. Hold on. Give me a second. I need to put it on speaker. Don't worry. All right. Hello? Yes, we can hear you perfectly. Yeah, so I had a situation where I was selling one of my camera pieces on OfferUp, and the person that um, replied to my story, they was telling me to send me my their my number, my cash app, and I was like, I was telling them that they could just give me the cash in person because I'm not the type to just give out my cash app like that. Because I know people that they've given out their cash app and they've given out like their Venmo and stuff and people will hack their account and take all the money out their account and stuff. So it's not a very safe thing to do. I don't, I, I use cash app on a daily basis, but you need to make sure like you're not giving your stuff out to the wrong person. You need Absolutely. to be very like cautious when it comes to stuff like that. Absolutely. And that's because you have hackers, way. scammers, people like you know that's with not so good intentions that's another good point you made about i've had people close friends um send out their computer without payment or get a bad payment before they and they ship their stuff off and they lose it so also too when you're selling stuff as well do not sell send your stuff mail your stuff out until you've confirmed the actual payment until you've received the payment some kind of guarantee because once it's gone it's gone it's gone so you know and it's harder to get something back than just kind of managing it better. And, you know, the strong person knows the best deal sometimes is the deal that you walk away from and live to fight another day. All right. Um, let's go to the next slide. This is our, I think my team said this is one of our favorite topics to discuss. Wants versus needs. Okay. We live in, you know, arguably, arguably the greatest country in the world. And one thing this country is excellent at doing, and we get hit with different ads, thousands of ads all through the day, we don't even know it, is America is great at creating a need, making you feel you need to have it. I need to get the new iPhone 14, because my iPhone 13, like, it's just not as fast as the 14. Like, I need things now a nanosecond faster, because the upload on this is just sucks, <laughs> or... You know, my earpiece, like I'm not hearing that squirrel two miles away anymore. Like I need to get that new earpiece that I can hear the squirrels chirping in my neighbor's backyard. 
um, or, you know, so it's always, and that's what makes America thrive because it's always out with the old, in with the new, as quickly as we get it, we want something bigger and better. And there's people that like are getting paid thousands, if not millions of dollars to really create needs for you, make you feel you need to have it. Like we need to have a Starbucks coffee because the coffee at our house is just not good enough anymore. You know, so it, we're living in a society that creates these needs and really questions your wants. And I'm including this bunch. I'm always trying to justify, you know, why I need something, you know, why I don't need it versus need it because we just have things in abundance in America. Like, you know, I used to be the guy till about three weeks ago that's always walking around with my charger. All right, I got it in my car. I got it in my work bag. I got it in my, I got it always one with me. Then my friend was like, she was like, why don't you just put a charger everywhere you, you are? You know, have one in your bedroom have one in the living room, have one in your car. And I was like, you could be right. So instead of me now having one charger, I got like four of them now because there was a need like, you know, let me be lazy and have charges everywhere I go. So I don't need to walk around with my one long charger. <clears throat> and when I forget it, I'm screwed. So it was a need like, okay, in order to be functioned properly, I need charges in every room. Um, so my point is, it's hard to manage needs versus wants. But you got to get good at it. You got to acknowledge it. And this is the only way you're going to achieve financial freedom and wealth mindsets, because we can teach you everything about credit. Like Ramon just got, he just did a balance transfer. And now Ramon doesn't manage his needs. He can run up that new card, jack it all up and put himself in a harder position than he was before he got the zero interest card. So he has to be responsible. And Trey already mentioned it in his conversation. He said, I only put on my new card things that I needed, not that I wanted. All right. So let's talk about needs versus want. Angie, why don't you read out some of the things that we consider to be needs? Angie, you there? Uh, She's on her her thing is muted. You got to unmute it, Angie. Oh, my bad. No worries, Sean. I got to. Oh. Angie, if you Angie, if you go ahead, I got a I got a student ready to do the wants as well. Okay. Um, for needs, it says food, groceries, and nutritious food, shelter, rent, mortgage payments, utilities, maintenance, basic furniture, basic clothing, transportation, and medical care. You agree? Those are all needs. Of course. Okay. Now let me hear the wants person. Who's going to read out the wants? Brian, take it away, brother. All right, so um, the wants, uh, dining, going out, designer clothing, luxury furniture, vacations, new or flashy cars, cell phones, laptops, and TVs. So do you agree, Brian, those are wants? Yeah. What about a cell phone? Is a cell phone a want or a need? It's, it's both. It's both. Good answer. Why is it both? Uh, I'm sorry? Why is it both? Oh, because, like, uh, I mean, you need a cell phone wherever you go. And it depends on which kind of phone you want, like an iPhone or a Samsung. Right. So how do we, how would, a, how would a need turn into a want? And how would a cell phone that we need, I 100% agree with you, turn into, like, a want? So basically, like, um, you would want a phone, but... No, you would need a phone, but you would want the phone that everybody has, you know? Yeah, all the upgrades, all the, the set things that you don't really need, correct? Yeah. Beyond the basics. 
And that's why like needs versus want is a personal thing. Everybody's needs and wants may different amongst us. You know what I mean? So you have to understand that, um, that, you know, everybody's needs and wants different, but you have to be responsible to know yourself. Like, for example, look at clothing. So clothing, basic clothing is a need, but how did it, how did it turn into a want? Angie, how did, how did clothing turn from a need to a want? Look at the chart. Because people, instead of getting like regular, prefer like designer clothing. Correct. And more expensive stuff instead of getting regular clothes. Right. A lot of people focus mainly on their appearance and they, they put that as one of their priorities financially. Correct. And my mother, God rest her soul, she separated my clothes these ones. I had my school clothes. I don't know if you remember my year, my year generation is a little bit different, which is the basic clothing. And then we had our going out clothes. We had, we had to go to a family gathering, a party, whatever the case may be. And my going out clothes could never be my school clothes. They're always separated. So I maybe had a couple outfits. You may see me mix and match. You'd be like, man, I always see Sean those blue jeans, but I may flash a red shirt with it or a blue shirt. Those are my going out clothes. And my, my school clothes was, you know, you know, for a while, you know, my sister and I, like, I'll tell you a story, like a, a year and a half apart, not, not even that much. And we were about the same size, same height. And I was so insecure as a kid because my mother would buy like the same jeans for my sister and I. And back then, girls' jeans had no front pockets. So not till I got to eighth grade that I have front pockets in my jeans. And I felt everybody knew I was wearing girls' jeans. And my mom just didn't care. She would feel like, she, 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 jeans are jeans to her. And I thought all my friends knew that I had like, no front pocket. Don't laugh. You can picture me wearing jeans with no for the little slips back pocket, no front pocket jeans. I was like, mom, why do you have to, can't you buy the man's jeans and the boy's jeans for Natalie to wear? And so I cannot have to wear girls jeans all through primary school. So, but she didn't care. Those are my school clothes. Just to her, it didn't matter. Jeans was jeans. And then also to add to that, Sean, <laughs> um, I know that uh, uh, in my family as well, one thing that kind of cut costs when it came to uh, clothing um, was making sure that we all went to a uniform school, which is so oh, wow. underrated. <laughs> um, and in all honesty, that's a tactic that I think that I'm going to use in the future because it just saves so much more money um, throughout the school year. Um, and in high school, it ends up being something that holds some of us back from leaving on time for school or, or to even get to work at times uh, if we have to make sure that we're picking out um, a new outfit day by day. So it ends up like, you know, um, slowing you down in other aspects uh when you have a uniform it's kind of easy you just got to make sure that it's clean um in the right color yeah <laughs> nigel can i add to that mm-hmm. when when high schools add uniforms it cuts down on people bullying other students who can't afford designer clothes it cuts down on identifying when things occur wh- who, what school these kids went to who did anything to another person and, you know, it helps with the self-esteem of the overall school to look at their, so themselves as a unit, as a group, okay, if they're doing well. And um, one of the things about um, needs versus wants is what is your level of how do you feel, your self-esteem, how important you feel about yourself, and how does things play into your level of feeling important? So if you see somebody with a pair of brand new sneakers that are the latest that may cost three or four hundred dollars do you feel that these people are wealthy rich or important you know some people when they put on a certain pair of sneakers they feel important they drive a certain car they feel important so you've always seen movies where the coolest guy 
always had the nicest clothes. You take, for example, the movie, let's go back. I'm going to date myself. Let's go back. When you saw Shaft, he walked with a nice leather coat. He was cool. So everything about life is selling you something and making you shift into something to take money out of your pocket, to turn a, um, a want into a need. So when you see Michael Jordan flying through the air, they're selling the thought that when you wear the sneakers, you're like Michael Jordan or LeBron. And this is where we have to be cognitive and aware that it's just a pair of sneakers. It's comfortable and we don't need to um, spend three or $400 just to be comfortable. Exactly. Any comments? Any comments? Oh, that's a great point. Like humans, we, we often seek power through external things, like material things. But it's like you're saying, if you're not working on yourself and you know having love of self, you start to look for power through through those other things, and it, it could become dangerous if you're not, you know, uh, prioritizing what is what is important. I, I also want to bring up one point that made me think about um, the way that I dealt with my wants um and it was really specific to phones but it's, it's with a lot of things it's called it's called planned obsolescence um i don't know if people are familiar with the term but it's basically like when um you know you kind of get when, when a consumer basically either spoon feeds you like different designs or updates you know to keep keep you lured in and buying products so it's like the iphone the iPhone probably has like one update per new per new phone, right? But they probably have about mm. 20 updates ready to go, but they just give you a little bit of the time to keep you coming in and purchasing more Absolutely. and more. You know, like I, I, I really got, I was over, I got an iPhone 7 right now. People laugh. No, you don't. Say you crazy. don't. Say you don't, Trey. You got the 7? That's I great. Seven. I got a 7, but you know what? My 7 do the same thing as, as my wife's 13. Uh, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't do nothing too much it doesn't do anything more spectacular than it like you know it's not much that they're giving extra it's just the whole hype of having what's new you know um it's, it's like a small update every time you paying a whole bunch of money you get hooked on them contracts your phone bill is through the roof you know it, it's it's keeping you lured in for nothing well let me just say this you know this is, oh. this is factual sorry uh, apple's business is built off the fact that when they come up with a new product, they want you to replace their, their old product. They're trying to cannibalize themselves. You know, and that's their business model. Every time they create a new Apple 13 or 14, their marketing is built on around the fact their primary target market is not bringing in new customers, it's convincing their current customers to get rid of their old product to get a new product. So, and when you're aware of that and you go into the Apple store, you're like, golly, they are so right. They're not trying to bring in new customers. They're trying to convince somebody like Trey, like your seven is trash. You need the 13. That's what their marketing is built around. Not trying to get somebody that has a, an Android to come over to Apple. It's trying to convince, because they have so much market. They have to convince their current market base that what they have now is no good. You need to get the new one. So remember that when you, and that's most cell phone companies. They're trying to convince you to get rid of what you currently have. And even a year ago, they were trying to sell you on this new product. They're trying to convince you that this one is trash. Like better picks, better that. That's what they're always talking about, what their new product does compared to their old product. Apple's never, you don't see Apple products comparing themselves to Androids. They're always comparing themselves to the prior version of what they have. And that's to get you excited to go into the store and get the new product. 
Think about it. When I see Apple comparing themselves to a competitor, they're only comparing themselves with themselves. Right? Right. And they have a large phone, they'll go a small phone. Oh, you can't, you don't need, you can't use a small phone. We got this bigger one that you need now. We got this one. It's always to convince you to get something new with Apple. They got a, they, they, they got the SC model. It, it, it's it's like this. It's like this. It's like the same like as the eight, but like it has more of like a modern type iPhone inside of it. Like that. that that's the smallest phone. That's the smallest phone Apple has ever put out, and like the cheapest that that, that they ever put out. And don't forget, it comes with new colors too. That also hooks us in. That new exactly. green color that they got coming out. I, I can't lie, it looks nice, but. I got to fight the urge. And I, I'm going to tell you the key to be successful with your wants versus needs, okay? Like I had my brother who's four years older than me. And I remember he'd have this one, we call it the potato sack jacket that he wore out to every party. He didn't care where he was going. I mean, how many times he wore this one jacket it was that potato sack material. But he wore it with his shoulders back and head high. And he let his confidence spill out. And now when you talk to Trey, like I am not surprised that Trey has an iPhone 7 because he's so confident with himself. When Trey speaks, when we do group calls, come on, tell me if I'm wrong, Nigel Ramon. Does he spell confidence? He's not going to speak all the time, but when he does speak, he speaks with confidence. So he doesn't care what anybody says, what anybody thinks. He doesn't care what people are telling him about his iPhone 7 because he has that belief in himself to know that this is why I'm rocking it. And if you young people really start having that sense of confidence and believing in yourself, you're going to see how it doesn't matter if you have an old phone. It doesn't matter if you're not wearing the latest outfit because people are going to be attracted to you as a person in your confidence. No, I right? agree. I agree, Sean. In all, in, all, in all honesty, Trey, today was the first day that I found out that you had the seven. So Sean exactly. Is Trey is mad confident, so he doesn't care what people think. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Trey, you got the confidence. Oh, my laptop. That's Thank you, guys. Thank you. And to my oh. young people on the call, actually, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, to my know. young people, I was going to say to my young people on the call, I want, you, I want to remind you all that you're in a very superficial time uh, in your lifetime, maybe the most superficial, right? Being in high school and being um, for my alumni that time right after high school, where uh, people are still, um, you might be touching your work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Off your material needs. But remember, uh, people that like you for what you have and not who you are, right, are not people you want to be around, right? Because if someone likes you because you only have the flies the day you don't come with the newest kicks, you're dubbed. You're out the door. But when people like you for who you are, kind of taking on that confidence that uh that son highlighted Mr. Trey for and also started out his brother, who, even though he was always wearing the same blazer, had plenty of friends and plenty of loved ones, that's the real substance. That's that's what you need. Worry about being a better person, not having uh, the newest gear. It's gonna be old in two weeks anyway. Okay, next slide. Okay, so this one is great. You guys should take a picture of this chart here. It helps keep things in check versus wants versus needs. And, you know, some questions that you can ask yourself is, is this an emotional purchase or impulse buy? Impulse meaning like you just seen it, you got to have it. I always try to give myself, especially with an expensive item, 24 hours to think about it. If after 24 hours pass and I still really think I need it, then maybe I'll purchase it. But I try not. Impulse buying can be a very expensive endeavor. So um, I'm not a fan of it. I've been caught by it. And almost my, a lot of my impulse buys, I'm like, always like, why did I buy that? When I look back at it, why did I buy those purple gloves that don't go with anything? You know, so you really want to be mindful of impulse buying. Um, is the item practical? You know, my, I like to even buy clothes that I think can, can last a while, not just as far as, um, quality, but as far as like style, like stick to basic styles, you know, maybe I'm getting old, but you know, I like, I like a J crew shirt and J crew pants. Cause I know that it's, you know, khakis ain't going anywhere, you know? And I even had a situation where like, I don't know if you guys have suits, but a lot of my suits were like, the style was the cuts were like dated, you know, but if you look at suits, materials of suits haven't really changed over the years. It's just the cuts have changed. So my friend who lives in Malibu, California and hangs around wealthy to do wealthy people, you know, in Arlington, who passed it, he was like, most of my clients, and he had a clothing store in Malibu, they will get their old suits and bring it to tailors to cut it to the new cut. And I was like, that is so smart because like these bell bottom suits, I can change them now. Like, and I did that. I brought like one of an old suit I had because I had to go to this, this event where everybody was supposed to be wearing black and I had this velour black suit. And I had to tailor taper the pants, bring in the jacket. And it was great. I was like, wow, I saved myself so much money by just tailoring the suit to today's style. And it was like, and I was on a roll. I brought in like four other suits. I thought, like, yo, hook this one up, <laughs> hook this one up. So um, it's really thinking practical and really like, like maximizing what you have and making the best out of it. Um, is it is this going to improve my life or is it a desire? You know, have I already taken care of my monthly obligations before I buy? Did I budget for this? Did I not budget for it? You know, have I paid myself for this? These are all cliche things, but if you keep this kind of stuff in your head all the time, it'll help you with deciding what to purchase, separating your wants versus your needs. Um, do I need it right now? Like there's things like, for example, I just told you I'm renovating an apartment. Like, do I need to start my mom is a fan of that, you know, and I always said, I'm not gonna live like that. My mom had like a, a fridge. I don't know if you guys have a Caribbean parent. They have a fridge and a freezer and the freezer had like, 
meats from three years ago, still in there. Chicken from four years ago, still in there. You know, my mom used to freeze her bread. Like I grew up with frozen bread. I don't know if you guys know that. We had to take the bread out the night before to unfreeze it. Like if it's on sale, my mom's picking it up. And, you know, I made it, I think as an adult, Nigel's rolling over laughing. I am not eating frozen bread. If you invite me to your house and you take your bread out of the freezer, I'm leaving your house. Okay. Because we don't need to freeze bread anymore. Okay. And it was like, because it's on sale, doesn't mean you have to pack your freezer with it. You know, I always believe, let the store hold my inventory. I have conditioned myself to go to the grocery store once a week, buy what I need. I refuse to get a big old freezer and fill it with meats and chicken that's freezer burned. I, you know, I grew up eating freezer burned chicken. Like my mom would be like, we dig it from the bottom. She'd go, go get that steak in the bottom of the freezer. We had to dig from the bottom to get that freezer burned piece of meat. That was what was having for dinner. And, you know, I think, you know, you don't, in today's world, especially in New York City, where grocery stores are everywhere, we don't need a stockpile like that, you know, you know, we need to just buy as we need and keep, follow the sales and don't freeze your bread, okay? Nigel, you used to get frozen bread as well? I know, I mean, I know people that still do it to this day. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Legit. Honestly, it's like where, where things are, where if you don't need it in that moment, um, I, I know that that's kind of like a common um, next step where it's like, all right, I'll put it in the freezer. I know that's something that I'm going to use next week. Um, and a lot of people don't think, I don't mean I'll say don't think, but um, the common thought is that things don't spoil once they're frozen. So, you know, <laughs> I still definitely know a lot of people that do that. And um, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Yeah, that's just taken away from your pocket. Like, trust me, if a bread is on sale for $1.99, you'll catch a sale again sometime down the road. Don't feel you have to catch every sale and feel like you're winning because you're, you're taking away. When my, my mom, God rest so past, if you know how much food and stuff we, my mom had a literally good thing. She let us know when she was like, she had like alcohol hidden under rugs, believe it or not. She had things here, there, like she, that she was never used. I have a picture I'll share with you guys next class. One of these classes, Lenore, we do investment class of all the bottles of alcohol. We found my mom hidden throughout our house. There was over 150 bottles, like, in different places. And she doesn't drink. First of all, she doesn't drink. Okay. These are for these anonymous guests that are going to one day find their way to our house. And we're going to have some kind of party that I don't know what she's thinking of, but the amount of food and alcohol that was hidden throughout my, my mom felt like someone in the day, someone's going to break in and not going to be able to find all this alcohol. They was in places I would have never have thought to look for. Okay. I'm going to send you, I'm going to share the picture of it. All the stuff that my sister and I piled in the living room, stuff that my mom had hidden throughout her house. So and that was thousands of dollars my mom had hidden in food and alcohol for a woman that never drank, okay? And it lived by herself. Um, let's look at this chart, just so you understand it. Um, does everybody understand it? If whoever understands it, I want somebody to explain it to me so I'm, to make sure you guys understand it. So let's choose somebody that says they understand it and explain it to the class. Who can explain this to the class? Trikan, no, you're a host, Trey Crane, Trey, so I'm looking at names here. Uh, Trey is a host. Who can share this with the class? Ricardo, can you share it? Can you describe what this chart is? Ricardo, are you there? What about Elizabeth LeBron? Can you describe what this chart means to you? Elizabeth, you there? 
Don't be shy. Come on, y'all. Or someone. Someone, please explain art. Or maybe you don't know what it means, and maybe I'll have to explain it. Does anybody, can anybody help explain it? It's very good. It's a very, Kashan, you know what it means? Huh? Repeat the question. The chart that we're looking at, what does that mean to you? Can you explain it? You said we're trialing? The chart, the wants versus needs chart on the right-hand side. Hold on. Oh, you're talking about this. Oh, oh, wants versus needs? Yeah. Can you explain the chart on the right, or do you do you have an idea of what it might be um, showing you? Uh, I think it's showing you, like, uh, like how to, like, how to buy things and like how to like you know like save and like um w- on, on like what's your wants and needs like like say for instance like you need something hello yeah hello? yeah we can hear you yeah yeah um yeah like something that some like you need like a phone like you know like that, that's like an everyday essential like so where do, um, where would a phone fit in this chart where would you put a phone um. I so look so like let's say a phone we put it in prioritize that means the the want for it is very high the need for it maybe to avoid it is very low you get it yeah so where it's where something that you recognize the need for it may be very high but the want for it may be high as well pursue you get Mm -hmm. it does that make sense to everybody Hey, Sean, yeah. can I add something real quick? Yes. If you look at this chart and you say, you know what? My child is going to a special school and I want to be able to communicate with her. <laughs> now, one phone is what you need as high priority. Two phones is like, what for? Okay. So, you know, you need one phone, at least. How many kids go to school and they have a way to communicate with their loved ones? Most kids. Okay. So the phone has become high, a high priority. Now, is it the newest phone? That may be something that has to be discussed. So you now that's something that has to be maybe low because they're expensive and it may not be in the budget. Right, right, uh, Trey? It may not be in the budget. We're going to keep this stuff going. Keep this stuff going. <laughs> So <laughs> priorities, whether you are is prioritized to be pursued or avoided and recognized, these are things you have to look at this chart and say, okay, I do have a car, but am I getting a Maserati? Mm, no, I'm not. Why? Because it's not pri- a priority. Maybe I'll get a Prius. Because it's more is better, or maybe a Tesla if I can afford one. So we want to prioritize based on our lifestyle, the things we need, and avoid things that give us excess uh, spending that doesn't provide anything of value. Because the value is where we give out, give ourselves a better lifestyle. Absolutely, well said, and that's a good segue into our next slide. This is budgeting, and we're going to do a, a deep dive on budgeting as well. And this is just a good way in which to look at creating a budget for yourself. Um, we're going to go through it fairly quickly within the next couple minutes. 
um, it's really understanding, planning your monthly budget, okay? Looking at how much money you're going to be making as your income for that given month. And there's what we call your actual, how much you made, and then what you budgeted for, what you forecasted for. So you may say, okay, next month, and you should always be planning ahead. I'm always a month ahead. So right now we're in March. I'm, already, I'm, already, I'm looking at my April expenses. I'm figuring out what my game plan is for April, how I'm going to get through all my bills, how I'm going to make my payments, who's going to get paid what, who's going to get paid first. And you gotta, you can't just. I'm sure, Mister Eight Fifty, Trey, Nigel, create like a, a, a little plan. Like, what is going to be my plan of attack? You know, it's call, it's being proactive rather than reactive. Like, when my bills come in the mail, I already know of it. It's not a surprise. It's just a re, it's just confirming what I already know. If you're getting bills that you get on an ongoing every month, and you're surprised, and you're not really budgeting well enough. Mm, so. Yeah, that's true. You should already know what's coming in. Like your cell phone bill, you should have an idea what it's going to be like. You should have an idea what your, you know, your transportation expenses are going to be like. You should have an idea, you know, how much you want to spend next month on hanging out with your friends. You know, this should always already be preconditioned. And that gives you that wealth mindset. So when I'm in April, you should, when you're in March, you should already be in April mode. You're just, you're just executing March right now. You're, you're following through with your plan. That's it. No surprises. Absolutely. Um, And as funny as it sounds, when it comes to like budgeting your outings, um, the more time that progresses or the older that you get, it's so much more important um, because I know right now we have certain things like Facebook that help us remind us of like close friends, birthdays and things of that sort. Um, but even down to birthdays and outings, you sometimes have to um, budget for um, in a given month. Uh, so if you know a friend's birthday is coming up, let's say midway through a month, you can also look at what paycheck that falls between or what pay period that falls between. Uh, what expenses do I need to pay for around that time? Will I have enough money for both my phone bill, the rent, um, also my friends outings, or maybe I have two or three friends and then a family member that has a birthday that I can't really skip out on. Um, so those are certain things that like uh, you might not be able to, you might not think about um, in regards to including that in your budget, um, but they're so important to just keep in, take into account each month. Mm-hmm. And you also don't want to lose friends and family as well, too. So you want to, you know, have a good balance between my expenses and um, focusing on that. And then also, you know, understanding when you have some freedom in your budget to, you know, spend time with people, um, whether it's, it's friends or family, uh, because you definitely don't want to have no money and then no friends or family. Um, find a nice in-between space. And I think hey, that I'm- in-between space is golden because, like, you know, you have to prioritize even with your outings, right? Because y'all young. This is probably where you're spending most of your money right now. Now, I love my cousin. My cousin also <laughs> likes getting real lit. I cannot get lit with my cousin every weekend. Oh, my God. So well crazy. said, Ramon. We all have friends. I got a friend, Russell, is like, oh, Russell, let's go away for my birthday. All right, we got to go first class. We got to stay at this five-star hotel. We got to do bottle service and make sure you have your singles lined up. I'm like, bro, no. you got to have the confidence again to really know your limit and tell that person, like, I'm good. You know, we don't yeah. need to go all out like that. Since we're dropping, you know, uh, just gems that our moms gave us. One gem my mom always gave me is, listen, there will always be another party. There'll always be another time to pick a ball, another time to go to the club, another time to go out for dinner. Um, prioritize the festival. I want to add to what you're saying and just mention to each of you, you have very little uh, overhead right now. You're young, you don't have much overhead. So if you have a budget, there's not much to it 
at all. You put down the few dollars you're making, you put down the few things you're spending it on, and you get into this habit. And that's the most important thing to start, is the habit of looking at your life from a budget perspective. Once you start this habit, this thing will pay dividends for many years to come. And most people, I, I would gather to say, maybe 85 to 90% of the people that I know who are broke don't have a budget. They've never had a budget. They don't have a clue what a budget is. All they have is, oh, my rent is coming up this month, my light bill, oh, I gotta pay. They just wonder like, oh, okay, I gotta pay. My, my bill's already paid. I don't even look at them. They'll just, you know, it's automatic, boom, it's paid. Because the way I have everything planned out, my overhead is very small. So while your stuff is small, put it on paper. And then you can see where you can maybe repurpose some of the things you're doing in your life to have more money, to change these wants um, and, and make them just something that you can do without or lessen. And, and that's one of the major things I know a budget has done for me. Absolutely. Well said, everyone. Um, and I just like to say, you know, you got to look at this like, you know, I'm super competitive. I was always competitive. If we all joke around and say, hey, let's have a little race, you better believe my old butt is trying to beat everybody in this group chat. I don't care how young you are. I, I am super competitive and you have to be competitive within yourself. Yeah. You have to really yeah. have that thing to challenge yourself and push yourself. So like, for example, like let's look at total income, your income. Okay. If I'm budgeting, I'm trying to make $4,500 this month. I'm trying to hit that number. If I have to make overtime, Maybe I have to get a second job. Like I'm challenging myself to hit that number. And when I do hit it, I feel so good. I'm like, wow, I did it. It's like, a, it's like a, such a rewarding experience. And then my expenses, I'm like, I'm trying to minimize my expenses. When people don't understand, like people always talk about your income, right? Your net income. Sometimes you'll have hard times where you're just, you're not getting more hours. You can't make any more money, but you can make, you can increase your net income by reducing your expenses. So for mm. example, if you make $100 a week, let's call it, and your expenses are always $80 a week, that means your net income is 100 minus 80, which is $20. But let's say, for example, you still only can make $100, but you found a way to cut that $80 to $60. Your net income moves from $20 and it doubles to $40. So don't always think that, you know, people have the misconception with all these videos and everything out there. I got to make money, make money, make money, make money, make money. It's not always about making money. Nobody, I've never heard a song, I got to manage my expenses, manage my expenses. Yo, go manage expenses, manage expenses, manage, manage, manage expenses, manage bottom line, manage expenses, net income. No, nobody's ever talking about that. Everybody's always talking about make money, great money, let it rain, let it flow. But if you know about generation wealth, building wealth, it's also being able to manage expenses, go manage expenses, go reduce expenses. That's what you need to focus on as well, not just make money, get money, make money, get paid. Make sense? And, and Sean, just to add really quick, the, what happens when you make more money, you fall into lifestyle creep, which is you make more, you spend more, and you stay broke. You make more, you spend more, you stay broke, or you add even debt onto that. And then you end up watching 10 years go by, 20 years go by, 30 years go by, and you say, wait a minute, I made all this money and I'm still broke as when I graduated high school with the same amount of money. Something's right. wrong. So There's people that, that make millions of dollars and are broke because they don't manage their expenses. So making money is not the only thing you need to know how to do. 
because you can name so many athletes that made millions of dollars and are broke. And I've met and spoke to them personally. And it, it, it may blow your mind that somebody can make $10 million a year and be broke. But there's more of those people out there than the ones that are saving when they're making $10 million a year. Mike Tyson, exactly. We can go on. Delonte West that are broke and they're making 50. You're like, I would never go broke. Oh, yes, you can. If you think that you're making 10 million, you're going to fly private jets everywhere. You're going to treat everybody. You're going to buy these. It can go very quickly. So don't think it's all about making money. MC Hammer, there you go. The list goes on mm, and on and on. The list goes on. All right. So let's get back to now income. Now income, what I like to call and what you guys always have to work towards is creating multiple streams of income. That should be your goal. I don't care if you have a full-time job, full-time gig. You should find multiple ways in which to create income. You know, we all, like even, you know, Ramon, Trey, Nigel, they're learning a certain skill set. They're relationship building. They're managing people. Manage, they could outsource their skill sets and do multiple jobs with the same skills they've learned at work. Would I not hire them to do an after-school program? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they would be hired. After-school program. Six to nine, that's side hustle money right there. Zoom call money, side hustle right there. And some, when you get these side hustles or x-rays to make money, act like it doesn't exist. Because if you learn to live with what your current paycheck is, this other money is something you never even, you know, that's what I always tell people, you know, act like it doesn't exist. Have a directly deposited account that you don't even think about. And before you know it, that builds up. So you're always learning skills. You're acquiring skills that you can do multiple things worse. So don't sell yourself short thinking that you're only making one set of income. This is for everybody listening. You need to push yourself to have at least three sources of income. I don't care who you are. You should force yourself to create three. And I'm not saying you have to work 60 hours to do it. We are in the United States of America. My friend, I'll need her anonymous. She worked for a certain airline and she was working from home. And it only took her a couple hours a day to do her job. And I was like, apply for another job. She got another job at another airline within the same hour. And this job was not even taking customers' calls. It was more just responding to customer emails. And she had a group set of emails every day that she had to respond to. She took both. She took that job, doubled her salary, and still putting in the same eight hours a day. Less than that. Because one job called for her to be on the phone, and the other called job for her to respond to emails. So between the day, she can do both jobs. And the right hand doesn't have to know what the left hand is doing. So she's still working within the same nine to five, but she went from just under 50,000 with one job to making over 60,000 with the other job. So you do the math. She's making six figures by having two jobs. Okay. So and actually, you know what? An, another great hustle, side hustle, the secret shopper. You can get paid to go to restaurants, go to stores, and just make sure that the service you're receiving is right. Make sure that the time they give it to you is right. Make sure the quality that of the place is right, and you just report this back to certain companies who are doing who are doing this to make sure that their customers are happy. So that's an easy hustle for anyone to have. And you know, a lot of times young people like to just walk around stores and malls or wherever. If you that's what you do sometimes with your friends, get paid to do it. Can I add on? Yeah, absolutely. And so. Pretty much is more about like having more assets than liabilities. And even the things that we mentioned before, like wants and needs, your needs can also be a liability. For example, like your rent, you have to pay it and it's decreasing your money, your um, profit that you may gain. But if you were as in, say, um, 
have more assets like the three source of incomes that pretty much the liability of your rent wouldn't be that much of a deficit to your income or even your whole um your whole accumulated money worth so it's like it kind of, it's more of like you're not really balancing out your assets and liabilities but you're basically overriding your um overriding your assets that your liabilities have been seen as if like it's a huge thing that you consistently has to pay off right your assets to pay your liabilities that's the game that's a hustle you should collect exactly. enough assets where they cover it where they pay for your life that's where you want to get to and this doesn't happen overnight you know right. i was acquiring 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 in my 30s and i didn't really see the magic happening until i got into my 40s so don't like i said it's a slow price and even if now you guys are thinking like all your minds should be thinking what is my side hustle be? And I'm not telling your side hustle be meaning you're to work harder, work longer. There's ways in which you can find opportunity to create multiple streams of income. So everybody in this conversation by a year from now should have at least two sources of income, at least two, or you're failing yourself. And another right? thing, one of the great things about assets is that if you have your assets lined up properly, like John said, you can add enough to it so that the, the interest you're getting, just the interest alone, if you have it the right way, will be able to pay your whole lifestyle. And that's not your only asset. It's just one, you know? So many times we, we don't think that our assets can do anything for us because it doesn't seem to grow, but everything grows slowly. And over time, things will appreciate and become much more valuable. And based on how you spend your lifestyle, if it's marginal or it's basic, you can always splurge a little bit and just have a great time and come back and just say, hey, you know what? That didn't even put a dent in my assets or my monthly income because it just constantly replenishes every month. Right. And, and I always say, if you're a person that's just relying on one source of income, it's a very risky proposition because that income goes away. What are you going to do? You know, when you create multiple streams of income, you know, the less you always make sure that you have a balance and there's always ways in which for you to make money. Right. So you should always focus on knowing that you believe in yourself. You have a skill set that you can leverage and do multiple things with, not just one thing. Um, let's look at the expense lines. Now, these are things where I say in which to save. I always see expenses as opportunities. So you want budget like, OK, this month I got to spend two hundred dollars in gas. My insurance is one hundred and twenty. Entertainment 60, groceries 400, mortgage 900, and goes on and on and on. When I go in my head, okay, if I'm budgeting 200, I'm trying to hit 190, 180, maybe one less trip. Like I told you last week, but now I, I don't drive my son to school every day. He takes a train. Okay, I'm, I'm offsetting the increased price in gas by doing so. You know, um, inter auto insurance, every year, I'm, every year around every January, I see if I can get a better insurance rate. I check it once a year because insurance is a thing that they'll creep up on you, keep adding in. Um, increasing your payment and not knowing that you can get it, you can get it reduced. Okay. Um, entertainment. Okay. Like Ramon says, I don't got to be at every party. Like my, like his mother, my mother said, so like, Hey, if I cut out one party, I can, I can hit my, go under budget and save myself 30, $40. Let me do that. You know, groceries, man, I spent $400 a week on groceries. Maybe this week I'm going to spend $350 and cut back on something else. So these are ways which I call them opportunities. And then you'll see what you're saving, where you're making out, you know, challenging yourself, but not depriving yourself. I don't want to see you guys on the street homeless in any way, but I want to see you challenging yourself saying, how can I do better? How can we make this work? Knowing certain things that, you know, name, no name brand stuff sometimes are just as good as a name brand stuff. You know, the same company makes, and that's another trick too. 
a lot of stuff that you see like the grocery store brand it's not like um i don't know it's not, it's not like some of these grocery stores i can't even think of a grocery store off the top of, off the top of my head a grocery store brand pathmark. i can't pathmark it's not like pathmark has its own factory that makes its own flowers and potato chips and and apple sauces and whatnot and milk no at pathmark will go to the regular brands that you see and have a contract with them and say hey i know you guys make apple pies i want you to make an at pathmark apple pie the exact same apple pies that you make now we're just going to put our own label on them so a lot of times you're just paying extra for the name brand, but you, the, the, the store brand is the exact same thing. So that's a way in which you can save money as well. I also just wanted to highlight a quick one because, again, too, yo, I know y'all young. Y'all like to be fly. I get it. I'm a little older, but I still like to be fly, too. Um, I thrift a lot of my clothing, you know, whether it's um, going through to thrift shops or going to consignment shops where everything is in incredible condition uh, at a huge discount or using um, even online databases like Grail, Topmark, eBay. Um, if it saves me a few bucks on a piece I really, really want, I'll absolutely take that because clothing is one of my big expenses. Yeah. 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 And honestly, just to add on to that too, um, it's possible. You just got to take the time to find like, clothing of certain brands that you like as well um it just might take some time um because i wrote it in the chat there i had a friend of mine that back in high school he went thrifting and for those of you guys that are into vape or some of those um higher end brands he actually found a long sleeve flannel from them for twenty dollars um and the retail for that would have been around three hundred dollars um and it was authentic definitely real um but you just gotta like ray was saying i'm um, going into some of these shops sometimes and exploring um, you'll see what's possible in regards to saving money. And you can still look fly. And you can still look fly. Exactly. You can still rock that potato jacket. Potato jacket, okay? <laughs> All right, so I think that wraps it up. We got through a lot today, actually, even though we started a little bit late. These are just stuff pertaining to George, but I think we talked about most of it already. Um, I just want to personally thank you all for being part of this five weeks. I learned so much, and it's always enlightening for me, and I think our team is great. Everybody gives so much, every, all five of us, you know, six of us, Rachel's not here, like give so much added value. I can never do this by myself and be as great as it is without you guys getting involved and helping out. And it wasn't even supposed to start off that way, but we just became family. We just really plugged through this program collectively as a team, you know, so I just personally want to thank Ramon, Mr. 850, Nigel, Trey, Rachel. I mean, honestly, I think we're the starting five of the New York Knicks right now. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Sean, I, I, I want to so, say thanks thank you to guys. everyone, myself. And um, guys, it, we, we keep saying it, we keep saying it, but I'm going to say it again. When I was your age, I was bumping into the wall. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't, I didn't even know I was doing things wrong. All I wanted to do was be fly and be seen and be coming out of a nice fancy car so the girls could say, oh, who's that? And I was broke. I was broke and didn't have a clue. And thank God, a friend of mine pulled me to the side and he said, listen, man, you know, we got to get educated. And we, we started educating ourselves. And then I met Miss, Mrs. 850, who had already had banking experience and being the person that I wanted, to, the, the person I wanted to impress, I started learning. And that journey hasn't stopped yet. And trust me, it's paid dividends upon dividends upon dividends just the knowledge that I've acquired and I'm trying to share right now. 
And boy, I'm going to tell you something. You guys are in for a great ride, regardless of the mistakes you make, because you will make mistakes. But mistakes also teach lessons. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. But, if you know, like I said, this class has given you a great head start, and that's what's important. And to that end, I just want to say thank you for letting me be part of this with you and, and sharing what I do know. Yeah, thank you all again. And not just the guys that helped me out, but you, the students. It wouldn't be possible without you guys. You guys were so involved, and I learned so much from you. And even seeing the questions you ask and the response that you give and the things that you said you've learned, it just, it just gives, me, it gives me a great feeling knowing that what we're trying to teach is actually getting across to you guys and you guys absorbing it the way you do. So I just want to thank you guys as students for taking part in this for the last five weeks. I really appreciate you guys, and thank you. And I want to say it, Sean, this has been our best cohort. And, you know, I know we've only been working for together for um, about a year doing the shared cohorts, but, you know, we kept it a consistent 25 to 30. The participation was there. Um, I love that y'all always ask questions, y'all. There is no dumb question. The dumb thing is to not get the knowledge. So I love it when y'all would come on here fearless with those questions, sharing from your life experiences. I, I really cannot commend this group enough because these last five weeks have been awesome. It sucks when there's no conversation in here. And it's just me and Sean talking to each other. That's <laughs> We want to hear you guys. So the fact that y'all were super vocal um, in the chat, on the mic, with your cameras on is uh, something that was appreciated. So shout out to y'all. Right. And I want to add just real quick, you guys are part of the financially clean family. Remember that. You are, you are, you are permanent members of the financially clean family. So you know where to find us online. You have a question as you go forward in your life. You know, you have an issue. Just shoot us an email. Shoot us a text. We're always going to be around. And, you know, we're going to continue with classes elsewhere. But remember, you're part of this family now. And, you know, your growth is our growth. Thank you. I want to say thank you to everybody as well, especially uh, Sean and Mr. 850. And just really emphasize with you guys. Um, reiterate what Ray said, the participation was great, but just emphasize again, this is what they don't want us to know, right? So absolutely, this absolutely. Is, this is gold right now, and we're not we're not coming, it's, this is not like your formal textbook class, we're having real conversations, right? Right. The instructors here are real with y'all, we're having real conversations, soak it up, soak it up, because this right here is gold, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been great. And like I said, believe it or not, I learned something every time from these classes with everybody talking, having conversations. So, yeah, it was great. It was really good. It's my favorite to date, for sure. Same, same. And please don't let this steam or, or, or the, this yearning for more knowledge go to waste. Um, for any of you guys that have family members, share this information with them. And then also stay tuned for information about the next um, cohort. Um, which is going to be a deeper dive um, starting next month. On the 18th, um, so to be exact. We're starting on the yeah. 18th. Yeah. On the 18th. Can you if you're not going to be working? No. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry, Jada. I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure that you guys are all set up at Frontiers in regards to um, having um, <laughs> someone set you up with that. Of course. We're, we're yeah, gonna but do- nobody's going to set us up like you are. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Jada. But trust me, don't worry. We're good shepherds. Um, we all support you guys the ways in the best way that we can. Um, it's not about me as the individual, but um, I appreciate that though, definitely. <laughs> all right. Well, with that being said, thank you guys 
I appreciate you. Well, you know, we're not going out. We're not going away for long. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. On the 18th. See you soon, everybody. Keep growing. Keep that. Keep that money strong and those bags big. You heard? Yes. Safe, everybody. Peace. Yes. Enjoy only thing you should be chasing is a bag. That's the only thing you should be chasing. What you chase is a bag. Yes. Yes. Bags. Bag. And credit. Bag. And good credit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what they say, Keyshawn, catch flights, not feelings. <laughs> and don't focus. focus your flights. Use your credit mile. Use your credit. Yes. Use your rewards, man. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get that American Express. Brother, get home safe. Oh, All right, bro. Thank you guys. Yeah. Take care. All right, guys. Peace, everybody. Have a good one. Yes, no problem. No Hope problem. to see you and you come and visit sometime. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. I told you, I'm not ever fully leaving Frontiers. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Everyone, right, peace, y'all. Enjoy. All right. All right. Closing it down. Cool. She put you on blast, Nigel. Yo, for real. That's what I just wanted to wait a second to talk about that real quick. Yeah, y'all good to y'all good to go, Ron. You good to go, my brother. I'm a, um, it was a good one, Ron. You're gonna do the deep dive with us in, on the 18th, right? Nah, we're good to go home. Okay? I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna try to jump in on a. Um... Yo. I ain't gonna lie. Right, that was hard, y'all, hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wait, it, I was hilarious. on mute. It's still recording. Oh, oh hold on. Let me start. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.